The difference between other countries and ours is that our documents don't give us any rights. Our document simply tells government when they're infringing on them. Are you freaking kidding me? Oye chico, get kidding me, get kidding me. As Americans, we need to stop being so dependent in government. Government is not the solution. Government is actually the problem. Enough is enough. It's time to put America first. Welcome everyone. Bienvenidos to another podcast for the Hispanics Lead Right, presented by the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida. Welcome everybody to another podcast. And uh, today we have a very special guest. We have uh, Mr. Christian Acosta, who is running for Congress in District 21. Christian, how are you today, sir? I'm good. As good as you can be in this uh, quarantine world, but uh, we're doing all right. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good as well. As you said, uh, in the middle of a quarantine, you know, we can only do so much. I don't know about you, but I've, <laughs> I've caught up on a lot of uh, honey, honey-do list uh, things, and uh, I, I'm, I'm looking really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, you know, being productive and all that. The one good thing I'll say is getting to spend more time with, uh, with the family. That's been a blessing, so I really enjoy Absolutely. that. And it kind of helps you slow down a little bit, but... I'm not going to lie, it's a little bit off-putting going out and just seeing things not empty, but much, much less active. It's it's a weird, weird thing you don't normally think you're going to see, you know? You know what, you know what this time, during this time, what it reminds me of was uh, probably around the 1990s, uh, late 1990s, when stores would only be open till about 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock. Banks would only be open, you know, Monday yeah. through Friday, some on Saturday. So it almost feels like we've been taken back a decade or, or two and it's forced us to slow down. And like you said, spend more time with our family. Um, and, you know, I, in some ways, trying to look at the positive side of things, it, it does seem like a blessing in disguise. Um you know, even though what's happening is, is nowhere near that, but um, but it, it does help you reflect and it does help you spend more time with your family. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's definitely a good thing that we get to spend more time with them. But at the same time, like you said, um, just seeing businesses that you're used to seeing open, you know, for example, Walmart till, you know, open 24 hours, seeing them close, it brings you it gives you a somewhat of a weird feeling. Yeah, we need to, the, the silver linings are there, but we also need to recognize a huge portion of our economy, and this is a good thing, is based mm -hmm. on everyday service, right? Those are local yes. jobs, they're huge employers, especially their first time and sort of second chance employers for people who are not doing as well and who are pulling themselves back up. A lot of these employment options um they are extremely critical to like the local, literally your municipal, your town level. They don't function if we aren't out every day, sort of are living our normal lives. These are the type of jobs, the type of restaurants that we really need to make sure, if at all possible, that we're still patronizing, that we're getting, you know, takeout, 
that we're still stopping by some of the local places, you know, maintaining our social distancing because they really, really suffer when when business slows down like this. And that's one of the things that, unfortunately, that's that's not the silver lining, right? We can deal with yeah. without massive imports from China, and, and it's a good thing that we're going to diversify our supply chain. But the local economy, we can't. That that's local already. We have to support it. So that's the part that I'm most concerned about. Um, hopefully, we can help them through it. Let me ask you something on that,、uh, Christian. You are a small business owner, correct? Um, yeah, I mean, my I I have <laughs> it barely counts, but I have、um, a little rental property in Pittsburgh, a couple of rental properties that I bought、mm-hmm. when I was up there, and、um, I fixed them up. Pittsburgh's property market is very very affordable. It always has been,、um, okay. and I just have those rentals that I that I still operate. I mean, mainly it's it's a family that I know very well. Um, I've known、okay. years, and you know I'm always helpful with them. I if they aren't able to to make rent one month or something, I totally understand. So this hasn't changed anything, and thank God they have been.、Uh, they haven't lost their jobs. They're doing okay.、Uh, they're safe. So that's been okay. I wouldn't say that my small business is at the forefront of being affected by this. I think really food service,、um, nightlife, entertainment,、uh, tourism for sure. Those are the ones that are getting hit hardest, and that's where I hope we're putting as much of our focus as we can with both charity and with what the federal government and the state level are doing to help people. Yeah, well, I guess what what I mean with that is、um, it, it gives you a perspective that maybe some other people. Especially in your race, you know, maybe that they don't have. So, it, it, at least it helps you appreciate the fact that you somewhat know the struggle of having to manage,、uh, whether it's really, really, really small or really, really big.、Uh, but you, you have at least that experience that. Oh yeah. You, know, you know what it is to manage a small.、Business. My my mother、um, runs a tutoring center here. Been here twenty years. Uh, it's it's a Japanese Kuma. It's a franchise. It's called Kumon. It's a ex, a, additional education. So students、mm-hmm. will come, and it's not tutoring in the Sylvan Learning Center sense, where you kind of go for targeted tutoring. This is,、uh, you know, a year long type of commitment where you you do extra work and you start、um, uh, improving on your own. And it's very it's it's very very good. I did it when I was young, and they're seeing a drop in、um, a drop in enrollment. And some of their longtime students are saying, you know, we really the parents are concerned. They don't want to. Aside from the physical sending the kid into the center, because obviously now they're operating on a model where it's like come pick up the work, turn in the work in a mailbox, and we don't have the center open. But they're seeing a drop in enrollment. People are saying, well, you know, times are tough. A couple of people work for the cruise industry, and they were personally impacted very hard. So yeah, every business sees. All of their enrollment, all of their customer base struggling, and it directly affects them. Let me ask you something, Christian. <clears throat> you mentioned your mom. Now, I've had the privilege to、uh, meet both your mom and your father.、Uh, man, they are extraordinary people. I'm not just saying it as somebody who's trying to kiss up to you or something. Nah,、they、you、really、don't have、are. to sell me. I know. I know. <laughs> they they worked. Look, they worked. Real hard, and I know that you know this story, and all of us know this story. They worked real hard.、Um, my father's been a citizen 
you know, from Puerto Rico, he's a citizen no matter what. My mother's half of the family became naturalized. They worked extremely hard so that I would have a better opportunity here in the U.S. And I'm 100% blessed because I got to go study and focus on my studies and I didn't have to work an extra job at night to be able to do that. And that's all because of my parents. And that's what I mean. I mean, uh, you, you take a look at <clears throat> your father. He he is a uh, veteran of the Air Force. Yeah. He, amazing man, super intelligent. I mean, the, the, the gentleman has a head on his shoulders that, you know, God bless America. We, we, we have an amazing patriot with him. Your mother is an amazing businesswoman. And, you know, because of them, you specifically bring a unique value as somebody that's running for Congress. I mean, first generation uh, immigrant mom, <clears throat> a veteran father, small business owner. I mean, you're somewhat of a complete package because uh, especially in South Florida, uh, you know, bringing that experience to Congress, I mean, it gives you a lot of perspectives, a lot of perspective that a lot of people within your race even don't have. I mean, I personally, <clears throat> because I have family in South Florida in your district, I've done a lot of research on all the candidates that are running. And let me tell you, a lot of these people are very one issue focused people, whereas you you bring, again, that variety of of experience and, and, and the unique value to the race. So let me ask you this. Who inspires you? <laughs> That's a tough one. It's not just any one person, but I mean, my my dad inspires me in the sense that he went into the military under very different circumstances when he was very he was young and it was Vietnam, and he went into the Air Force and he was actually drafted to go into the Army while he was in Air Force basic training. So those circumstances, you know, you fast forward. He was already enlisted for, for many years when he went to officer training school and he became an officer and made a long-term career out of the military. So you start in one set of circumstances, then you grow. And in the next set of circumstances, you take this big step forward with ma massive additional responsibility. And then on top of that, you go to school, you study. Uh, he actually studied um, a lot of Middle Eastern politics and um, psychology and sort of foreign relations stuff. So now he goes and in Spain as an officer, he's working for the U.S. Air Force in a semi-diplomatic position working with the embassy and the Spanish government because the U.S. Air Force at the time was doing a lot of um, equipment sales to the Spaniards. Mm -hmm. So you see that change and to me that's just one of those things where you don't know what's ahead of you, but you know that there's going to be different options. And if you, do, you know, choose the easiest one, it's not always the right way to go. You need to go and tackle the problems that are ahead of you and build on yourself and improve your capabilities. If you're not growing, if you're just sort of sitting still, then, you know, that's that's fine. You're allowed to do anything you want with your own life, but you're not necessarily doing a service to those who are going to come after you. And he always said, I'm going to go and I'm going to take that next challenge and I'm going to step up, even though when you start. You know, I'm sure when he enlisted in the Air Force, he had no idea what was coming down the road. And that sort of just tenacity in the face of 
a giant mountain to climb, that to me has been really inspiring. I mean, that's just one one example, but that's the type of thing that I think we need to bring to to government in general, right? You said that a lot of people are one issue or maybe focus on one thing in general. That's fine. Being being one issue or having one passion is okay, but what I really think we need to do is understand that right now, and this is especially true in the Hispanic community, yes, nobody yes. really thinks the government is doing anything to help your daily life. I know that yep. we don't like to think that way and we don't want to believe that, but I guarantee you the vast majority of people out there say, well, the government's just there and it's going to be crook one or crook two. So I'll take the crook who gives me more stuff. That's not because they're not good people. It's because they don't have any faith in those who are in Washington doing stuff for them. You're to right. Us, they lost the faith. Exactly. To us, it's family, faith in God, and then maybe there's some polit- politician out there that we kind of trust, but whatever. That's the way that it is for a lot of people, especially in our community. And I think what we need to do is go through direct connection, through having our own personal stories, <laughs> being one of the community go and say we're going to go to Washington we're going to bring back political power and we're going to use it in the right way to help the community and you're going to see that it does matter who you vote for because it will have an impact on your life that's something that takes a long time to change but if we don't start doing it we're never going to change it because right now you see the yahoo's on tv it's literally just politician a against politician b and for the most part everybody understands they're just there to protect their own Nobody has faith, you know, which is really speaking, sad. Speaking into that, um, I, I've noticed that you've been tweeting a lot lately, and I, I've also seen and I've heard from the from the ground, uh, from people on the ground. You you've been attracting a lot of Hispanics back to their original roots of conservatism, and um, I see that you've been trying to capture uh, President Trump's attention on that. Um, <laughs> Try, I think yeah. you're doing a good job. I think you're doing a good job on that. But talk to me a little bit about, you know, your your district, what it entails. I know you're running for District 21. It's a huge Hispanic community. And like I said, you've been very effective because I'm hearing it from people on the ground, from people that have voted in the past Democrat and are starting to register as Republicans. When you talk to them, I, I've heard some of your conversations. I've heard you talk to them. Hey, do you believe in free markets do you believe in freedom of speech you know things like that and it seems like it's attracting them to tell us a little bit about what areas you encompass in district 21 and what you're doing to bring that hispanic vote uh to sure. the Republican sure. party the district's really big uh it's it's an amazing cool district and not just hispanics it's literally got everybody you could possibly imagine the district stretches from all the way up uh wellington So around Southern Boulevard, then it goes south, goes through Forest Hill Boulevard, Lantana, Lake Worth, uh, Delray Beach, Poynton Beach, and then a little bit of West Boca Raton has part of the city of West Palm Beach. So it's a very, very big district. Specifically, near me, Boynton to about Forest Hill Boulevard, and then west, there's a very large Hispanic community of every single background you'd think of. Um, normally people think in South Florida, well, it's a lot of Cuban immigrants. It's not just Cuban immigrants. It's Venezuelans. It's a lot of Puerto Ricans. It's a lot of uh, Guatemal- uh, Guatemalans. We've got mm-hmm. everybody here. And that's a good thing in my book. But if we don't go and talk to people and say, look, 
this is what politics in America is about. These are the different choices you have. If we don't go and try and make an appeal, then it's very easy, at least for us as Republicans, to just watch the Democrat registration machine register people. And then 20 years from now, they'll have voted Democrat for 20 years and it will become a habit. But that doesn't have to be the habit. And it's our job to go out and say, hey, wait a second. I know you were registered that way because that's the first person who approached you. But this decision does matter. Here's the choices. Here's the things that happen. The key is, though, we have to do it in a way that matters. I was saying before, most people don't actually trust or believe uh, in government, especially if they just immigrated here. They immigrated here because they have this idea of America and this idea of what the economy is about and the opportunities they're going to have. But that doesn't mean that they've magically believed that American government is better. They have this sort of vague idea that, well, they're not as corrupt over there. That's pretty much it. Somebody who just came here, you have to show them, look, here is the choice you can make. Here's what's going to happen. Here's the way that the government actually affects your opportunities in business, your ability to choose where you want your child to go to school, your ability to go out tomorrow and purchase a self-defense item, right? These are the things that affect people directly. But if we're not there telling them that, if we're not there telling them, hey, you believe strongly in your faith. Don't you want your church to be able to do this, this, and this without having its tax-exempt status taken away? Don't you want your church to be able to have a prayer study in your school and not have that be kicked out? These are the things. That's before we even get into the issue about abortion, which is extremely, extremely polarizing, right? Where we don't believe that you should be able to just go terminate children in the eighth month of pregnancy. You talk about all of these issues directly with someone, and you don't even bring political parties into it. And once you form a little bit of a bond and show you care, show that you have something in common with them, then you could start bringing them into, well, this is how that maps out into the political world and your vote. Here's what it means. And you'll find that it's really not that hard to connect with people. You just have to go out and put the effort in. And we as Republicans you need know, to do it more. Yes. And on that, on that thought, Christian, uh, we're going to go ahead and go to a quick commercial break. Of course. And uh, stay tuned for a message from our sponsor. And we are back. We are with uh, Mr. Christian Acosta, who is running for District 21 for the U.S. Congress. And uh, before we went on our break, we we're talking to Christian about uh, his district and uh, what you know how effective he's been in bringing the Latino Hispanic vote back to its roots of the Republican Party. Uh, Christian, you've been racking up endorsements from the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida. Yeah. Even on a national level, not only the state, but the national has also endorsed you. You've racked up an endorsement from Lexit. They they usually do not endorse specifically in the primary. And uh, yeah, that was a tremendous honor. Yes, I know one of your appointments and we're not going to give them uh, any any, you know, FaceTime or recognition. But they they had made the assumption that they got endorsed by Lexit. But actually, the official endorsement was given to you, which was (laughs) which was awesome. Well, there's, and, uh, for those of you, there's a story that behind don't... that, um, and it's just very, very brief. Nowadays, there's a lot of social media, and there's a lot of sort of people seeking publicity, 
And it's real popular nowadays to say, oh, boom, I'm bringing X, Y, and Z over to our side. But the point is, if you aren't doing it the right way, you're actually doing us harm. We're not interested in going out and playing, you know, celebrity roulette or whatever the way the Democrats do. I want someone to have voted for us because they understand what the connection is. If it's somebody who's coming over just because they saw some sort of like nice video clip and then five months later they're pissed off at something, we're going to lose them forever. They need to come to our side because they believe in what we're talking about. The reason that a lot of voters are leaving the Democrat Party is because they've seen that they've been fooled. We can't be fooling people to try and get them to come to our side because, you know, shame some, you know, what is it, fool me once, fool me twice. That's not going to be the right way to do it. They need to come to our side because they understand that we actually have their best interests at heart. And that's what we try to do. So let me ask you this. That said, what is your vision specifically for your district, Christian? I mean, there's this whole notion of the stuff that you want to, but what is your specific vision for your district? (laughs) The district, first off, my vision for the district is a long-term plan. I think that this district is very unique. We are actually not as political as you might think. Most people here, and you could see it by the never-ending, growing, independent vote. And I'm okay with that, even as a Republican. I'm okay with it. For every one person that the combined Democrat and Republican Party uh, add to the voter rolls, and we're, we're out registering the Democrats, which is good, but for every one person both of us together add, the Independent Party adds like two. And independent's not a party. You get wow. the idea. Point is, yeah. Palm Beach is not that ideologically driven. What we want is we want results. We want our community to be vibrant. We want it to be welcoming, but law abiding. We want it to be strong. We want it to be economically all across the board. We want to have everything here. And we want our education to get better. We want it to be safer. It's just what you might call what you think any normal district would be. But we really have that here at heart. I don't see why this district shouldn't be one where Republicans can thrive because we are the ones who deliver all of the good things that you would want for your community. When it comes to better education, we delivered school choice. I want to help deliver support for vocational programs, more after school programs, and more support for two-year colleges. That's part of my vision to help education here in this district. But we do that. The Democrats haven't done that. When we go and we talk about a strong economy, the reason many people come to America, who's the one who makes the strong economy? Who's the one who incentivizes small business and hiring people? Us or the big tax and spend Democrats? It's, it's not a contest. So the point is, this county, which most people say, well, that's a Democrat plus whatever county, you know, that you can't win. This county should be a Republican county. Maybe not because everybody's registered as Republican, but we should be competitive here every election. And honestly... The way you do that is you go and you show the community, we will deliver better schools. We will deliver higher quality education, especially at the affordable level, which means certifications coming out of high school so that some people who aren't seeing where they want to go have more options presented to them. And then maybe we don't lose them to the educational system. They don't drop out. And then at a community college level, which is many people's first ability to get a higher level education because it's more affordable, we have more options and more support so we can continue to do that. That's one area of my vision. The other thing I want to see done, among many things, is I want more businesses to come and move here. There's no reason. We're talking now about having more domestic production of pharmaceuticals. Most people don't even know that we we don't really even make penicillin here in the United States. 
There's no reason that South Florida, specifically Palm Beach County, can't play a role in having more domestic production of pharmaceuticals. We also actually, because we have a large Puerto Rican community, we could be part of helping pharmaceutical businesses start up in Puerto Rico as well, which they used to, and many of them have left. That type of connection of bringing businesses here is something the Republican Party can do, and I can help make it happen. I want to see more engineering. I want to see more aerospace, especially with the new Space Force starting up. That can happen here. So we combine better education, we combine better economy, and I don't see how that message won't resonate with people and start to open their eyes to say, hey, my political options do matter. Which, by the way, for those of you that are uh, Puerto Rican and are listening to this podcast, the reason why the pharmaceutical companies left Puerto Rico was because then President Bill Clinton took away an incentive for them to be in Puerto Rico. I was there yeah. not too long ago with the RNHA of Florida. We went to deliver disaster rel- relief efforts. And um, I went into a section of Puerto Rico where it used to be a booming pharmaceutical uh, district. It's now a ghost town. Where so was it? Was it on the west near Arrecibo? <clears throat> yes, it was uh, by uh, Aguadilla. Okay, yeah. Is where we're at uh, roughly in the we're in that whole section of West Puerto Rico, okay. but you know that being said, you know legislation is so important. People don't understand sometimes, you know, not it's not only about making good legislation; it's also about getting rid of bad ones. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you a two tiered question based on that because I think that's a very important subject as well. Would you be willing to propose some type of legislation that would exempt Puerto Rico from the Jones Act? And also, what is that one legislation that you would like to have passed within your first term if you were elected to Congress? All right. So the first answer is easy. Yeah, I would I would absolutely get Puerto Rico exempted from the Jones Act or find some way to modernize the Jones Act, which is like a million years old and have it not hurt Puerto Rico the way it does. Puerto Rico has to have all manner of shipping available to it. We can't put restrictions like that because look, the economy is struggling there. You know this, a lot of Americans don't really understand that Puerto Rico's economic struggles go back 20 plus years. They only sort of see what happens to Puerto Rico when San Juan finally gets hit. But San Juan is the capital of the island. All the money goes there. If you go back 15 years, the entire rest of the island was already having a lot of trouble. Just most people didn't see it happen. I remember when I was very young, my family lived in the south near Ponce, which is the second largest city in the island. And I remember being able to go down in the center of Ponce, walk around, and it was nice. Plaza, little stores, what you'd expect. I go back even 15 years ago. And Ponce is all shut down in the center. All these stores are shuttered. Nothing's happening. It's the saddest thing. And of course, San Juan's still bustling. But the rest of the island, the second largest city in the island, is absolutely not bustling. It was happening a long time ago. We just only see it now that they feel like making a big deal out of it because it's something they can ding Trump with. But believe me, it's been happening for a long, long time. In fact, he's the only one who seems to be giving a damn to try and change anything. So yes, long... Sorry, that's a personal personal sorrow of mine to see that (laughs) happening to the island but yes i would absolutely make whatever change is necessary to the jones act and i think we should go farther we should use this unfortunate time 
to see the silver lining and say, well, let's make some of our medical supply chain that we don't want to be at risk by being overseas. Let's bring it home. And some of it can come to Florida. Some of it can come to Puerto Rico. Why not? What's wrong with exactly. the, te- exactly. the technical what capability the is there? Absolutely. So legislation for me, here's the cool thing, which I just want to say first. And this is just the politics, but it's reality and it's a benefit to us. When we win, the national party is going to want to hold our seat. They're going to say, this is a, a Democrat district. We have the opportunity of holding this seat. How can we help you? Everybody always asks, yes. how are you yes. going to get legislation passed? How are you going to work in Congress? Guess what? If you win a seat that they don't expect you to win, the party wants to help you hold it. And they will deliver wins for us. So you're saying what legislation would I like to get passed? I can almost guarantee you we'll get some stuff passed and we'll bring home benefits to Palm Beach County. I think I'm going to give you two answers. They're along the lines of what I already said. I want to see some sort of legislation that's going to help us bring more business here. It might be, and I'm I'm not going to favor one industry or another, but if we're able to get something to support development of the Space Force or support development of some of the new aeronautics things that we're doing, if we can get some of that brought here or some of that sold to local companies, I'm going to get that done, right? That's part of the job of a congressman is to bring some of the federal money to your district. Everybody seems to have forgotten that. The other thing that I really want to do is, as I said, I think that we can do more to incentivize um, vocational training. I think we can do more to incentivize schools that are trying to offer certificates or that are doing two-year programs. Right now, we don't treat all of our upper education the same way. Lots of money goes to four-year institutions. Not nearly as much money goes to two-year institutions. They're entirely dependent on a state budget. I think that we can have some sort of federal program to help because we're talking a lot about college debt crisis. Well, guess what? Community colleges are the best kept secret for letting people seek an education and not sticking them with a giant bill. At the very least, you can go in any university in Florida And this is another thing people don't know. If you go to a a community college in Florida that has the right accreditation to it, you get a two-year associate's degree, you are guaranteed admission to a four-year university in the Florida system. You you can't actually be rejected. Um, I mean, there's some some uh, restrictions there, but the point is, it is a great way to go, get an upper education degree, but A, you're doing it at your own pace, and B, half of it is lower cost. We need to help support those programs, and I believe that we can do it. I'm not sure the way that the federal law would look, but we spent a lot of money on other stuff. I think we should be spending money on education, and it's going to pay us back directly because it's going to lower our student loan debt, which is not something the government's taking out on our behalf. It's something we're doing. That's a direct money rack into our pockets. I think it's something that'll help this district a lot because we have a very large amount of people who go to commuter two-year programs, and that's directly helping them. Christian, and I can hear the passion in you from being a professor. Yeah. Obviously, that that is a big benefit, uh, along with some of the other things we talked about uh, in our first segment. I've seen it firsthand. You know, being a professor. I've seen it. I mean, I'm not a long-time exactly. professor. I've only been doing this about three and a half years now. But A, I see that we have like a this is this is a program that another uh the the gentleman who hired me is sort of sort of a bit of a mentor but he's he's the guy who hired me he started this small program and it's just one example of many within the community college system but this program 
it's the uh, you know electrical power technology at Palm Beach State, and they put almost I think a hundred percent of their graduates directly into jobs. He has put all of his time and his energy and his blood, sweat, and tears to to make relationships with local um, businesses, local engineering companies. They have a May fair that we put on and we help with some of our students. They do projects. They come and see the students doing these big hands-on projects and they hire people directly on the spot. That is an amazing way to help people in our community take that next step. And yet I also now that I'm part of full-time faculty, I'm, I'm a full-time faculty member on a grant. Now I see all of the back the scenes thing that isn't education per se. It's all about the money and how, and, um, how we have to handle things because we're on a set income and we have a certain amount we can charge and the state gives us a certain amount and things are tight and they do the best they can. But I compare this to a four-year institution that has a $2 billion endowment and I'm thinking to myself, what's, what's wrong with this picture? $2 billion endowment versus barely squeezing by on shoestrings and yet the education burden, realistically, the number of graduates you know, you do a comparison, the number of people being served by two-year colleges is just as significant as the number being served by four-year colleges. Why is there such a disparity in the amount of support that they receive? And that's something that bothers me. I don't think it's the right, right way to proceed. And when you start to see things that are out of whack, you know, the economy's bad. Guess what? Palm Beach State College has to meet with whatever the state tells it to meet with. So economy's bad. Guess what? Things are going to get tight. On the other hand... You go exactly. to university of wherever, and actually the state system in Florida is pretty good because they, they, the state universities also have some controls from Tallahassee, but you go to other schools that don't, some of the schools in the north, for example, and, you know, economy's bad and their rates go up 3%, and they feel good about it because they didn't raise the rate 7% instead. Like, it's totally disconnected from reality. We need to do something to fight back against that. We cannot ignore it. There's a reason Bernie Sanders is so popular. It's because some of the things he's talking about resonate with people. He's got the wrong solutions, but we cannot ignore the problem. And I think part of the real solution to the problem is to make sure we have good high school and good two-year um, colleges available for people so that they can make that choice go work in life or make the next decision with more knowledge of what they want to do. What you don't want is someone to just get pushed into an expensive four-year degree, not know what they want to do, graduate with a degree that doesn't help them and have 60, 70, $80,000 in debt. That's what you don't want. You yeah. literally help exactly. nobody. So we need to do it more, more intelligently. Exactly. So on that note, we're going to take our final commercial break and we will be back with Christian Acosta. Thank you. Parada Mortgage, 800-731-3024. We believe that there is a mortgage program for everyone. And so we finance and guide our clients. As a veteran-owned business, we give back to our veterans. Let us finance you and make your American dream come true. Apply online at paradamortgage.us.
Welcome back, everyone. And again, we're here on our final segment with Christian Acasa, who's running for District 21. Christian, I want to ask you something that a lot of people uh, might not know. You are Hispanic. You are yeah. Republican, conservative. The unicorn that a lot of Democrats think <laughs> exists. You support, you support President yeah. Trump. Why? It's very simple, and it's it's kind of what I tied in before. The most important thing to me in politics is that the government work <laughs> and be doing what it needs to do and keep me as free as possible. President Trump, when I, I'll be honest, when I saw in 2016 all the people competing for the Republican nomination, I wasn't all that inspired by most of them. And I wasn't all that sure most of them were going to do what they said or that they could get anything done. I knew that Hillary Clinton was 100% absolutely terrible. I'm not even getting into why. We can do that on another segment. It'll take hours to go through it, right? But my question was... <laughs> Probably yeah, a couple segments. My question was, what does Trump think? Obviously, you got to ask him that first. And then, do I believe him? And, you know, his language is his language. It's who he is. But I take people as the package deal. I don't get to pick and choose. What he said was, we have laws that aren't being enforced... That's true. And the laws that aren't being enforced were written by Congress anyway. So it's kind of funny that Congress doesn't want to enforce their own laws. He said, oh, I'm going to enforce laws. Okay, that doesn't sound bad. He says, I'm going to renegotiate trade deals because they're not good deals. And I said, well, I know they're not good deals. We, we deal with export tariffs, but we don't tariff anybody. You know, it's not free. It's, it's definitely not free. It's free import. So, okay, good. Renegotiate them, get a better deal. He said, I'm going to focus on the economy. Okay, good. I'm going to stop you know, wasteful wars overseas, stop apologizing for being American. Okay, good. Everything he said, if you actually listened to him, made sense. And then I certainly believed he was going to do what he wanted to do because the guy clearly just, <laughs> he does what he, he does wants it. to do, right? Does Look, it. <laughs> part of his bravado and the way he just goes off and says whatever he wants, that tells you he's authentic. And authenticity is in short supply in Washington. So, look, Everything the guy said he wanted to do made sense. And I said, I'm okay with that. This guy is going to do what he wants, what he actually says. He's going to follow through. And he was focusing his message at union workers and people in the Midwest who had been left behind. At the time, I was still working in Pittsburgh. And I was at a rally and I saw him saying this to people. And the people I talked to were Democrats. And they said, well, look, he's the only guy who's actually going to try and help me. That to me was powerful because it said wow. he was going after people who needed help. He was going to try and help them. He wasn't even playing the standard political game. I said, look, we'll see if he does what he says he's doing, going to do, which, by the way, he has. At the time, you didn't know. But I like the message. The guy's on target. He wants to help workers. He wants to help the economy. That's what I've got to go and try and do. The other side's just going to look to raise taxes. How does that help anybody? So... It was clear. Well, it's not only that. If you look at <clears throat> if you look at your opponent, and I'm going to say your opponent because uh, honestly, if if I think you're the best suited person, and and it's not only my opinion; it's opinion of a lot of people that live in in your district that you're the you're the best person positioned to beat uh, Lois so. Franklin. Yeah. Now, she is not only a big tax hawk. She is actually in favor of late. Oh, yeah. That's her number one thing. You I can't. Mean, here's the deal. You cannot tell me a single major accomplishment she has except for 
helping a bunch of abortion clinics survive in our district. Like that's her number one issue. And how, how do you feel about that? I mean, because we're not we're not talking about abortion. We're talking about specifically late term abortion. I mean, we're talking about she was one of the people that uh, voted to not give protections to yep. babies that were born uh, and survived, the, uh, survived an Look, abortion. I believe that it is beyond clear that late term abortion is wrong. It is wrong on every single level you can possibly expect it to be measured. And on top of it, it's not even popular. There is not a single study in the entire country that I've ever read that says the majority of women support abortion in the six, seven, and eight month of pregnancy. There's not a single study that shows that. So it's not even popular among women. And yet Lois Frankel champions it 100%. That shows you that not only is she tone deaf to her own voting group that she's supposed to be protecting, she also has absolutely no morals when it comes to children. How can you possibly look at what happened in Virginia? Because the government even said that after the child was born, they'd go discuss something. The law even makes it clear yes. that it is not a crime to withhold you know, care or whatever. I forgot the exact language, but it's clear in the law when you read it that there is a condition whereby an infant who's just born can be left to die. And yet Lois Frankel, when she's approached with that, her initial response is, oh, that you're lying about what's in there. You're ma- that's ridiculous. Nobody supports that. Well, if you don't support that, then why don't you lift a finger to verify that it's true or not true, right? She doesn't care. She doesn't care if children die in the hospital table after being born because it's not relevant to her. What's relevant is protecting her, you know, credit credentials for being pro-abortion. She's willing to put the lives of little children above her political career. And to me, that means you're a bad person, not just a non-starter to be a leader. It means that's a terrible, terrible personal thing to say. Because look, let's put ourselves in the world as hurtful as it may be. Let's put ourselves in in her world. She could go and say, well, you know, the Virginia law shouldn't be like that. Would that really have hurt her career? Would it have hurt her credentials with Planned Parenthood? Would it have hurt anything about her? Being honest would have done nothing negative to her. But she didn't even want to lift a finger to protect children in Virginia who were actually born alive. That's how bad of a person she is. Christian, what does the Constitution mean to you? The Constitution is, to me, the most successful and the most important political document that humanity has ever written. We have no other form of government out there that's written so eloquently to say that individual freedom is what makes human society better. Period. End of story. This country is about you, your relationship with whoever you pray to, and your family. And the government is supposed to be there for things like police forcing, uh, international trade, military. But the core is supposed to be you, your faith, your family, and your community. And that's what the Constitution protects. Nowhere else on earth do we have what is written in the United States Constitution. And that's a fact. In every other country, when you wanted a permission, you had to have a law saying you could do something. Here in the U.S., The government has to have a law saying it can do something. That's the fundamental difference that sets us apart. There's nothing else like it on the planet. Where do you see yourself five years from now, whether it's political, personal, a mixture of both? Where do you see yourself five years? Well, ideally, I'd like to be serving (laughs) District 21 in the U.S. Congress. 
Um, I really want to be able to not just be a public servant, to, to have made meaningful change. And I'm the type of person who's going to spend as much time as I can actually here. I'm going to be listening to people's individual problems and trying to solve them every single day of the year. That's that's what I want to do. I want to be a problem solver for this district. And that's my passion. I hope I get the honor of being that representative. But that's, that's where I see myself. I want to be the person here who you can come to and say, look, I'm having trouble with this business. I'm having trouble with this law. I'm having trouble with... We wish we really wish we could get more business from the Bahamas, but this is getting in our way. Or we really wish we had uh, a factory that produced this here. Or we really wish that our schools had better programs. I want to be that person you can come to in Palm Beach and get things done. That's what I want to do. Okay. <clears throat> Pretend you and I are in an elevator right now. Tomorrow is... Early voting starts tomorrow. It's coming. That's true. It's, it's and, not tomorrow, but it seems like it's very, very you, few months away. <laughs> exactly. But uh, again, we're, we're in an elevator together. Uh, early voting is tomorrow. I'm a potential voter. Sell me your speech. Give us your final thoughts. Tell us why you, why Christian Acosta, why not anybody else? Why not reelect uh, Lois okay, so this Christian is for Austin. the for the um, election in November. It's very. It can be for the primary or or or, or the, okay. the general election. General Either election. I mean, matter. it's it's this simple. Right now, I don't know how connected you are to the local government or whether you have any faith in it. But you're supposed to have someone in Washington fighting for you and listening to you and bringing things home to your district, to your home. We could have better schools. We could have more secure policing. We could have a better economy. We could do all of these things, but you need someone there fighting for you. Right now, you probably don't even know the name of your representative. She doesn't ever come to your door and talk to you. She certainly doesn't speak to you in Spanish. She knows nothing about you and all she's doing is complaining about the president and supporting late-term abortion. That's literally it. And the fact that you can't name anything else should, should show it to you. I live here. I've grown up here. I want to benefit this community. I want to help you. The bottom line is there's a lot of things we can do. Palm Beach County is a great, great county. The only time the world hears about us is when we're in the news because we screwed up an election recount. That's not right. So we're going to go fix that. We're going to go. We're going to get more businesses to move here. We're going to get more support for education. We're going to get more money for our district. And I really just want to help this community. And this is where I'm where I'm going to raise my daughter, this is where I'm going to live. I'm not going anywhere else. So that's really my pitch. That's what I want people to understand, that we can have more benefits here in Palm Beach County than we're getting, but we need someone who really cares about the district isn't just playing politics. Where can people go to donate? Where can people go to look more information up on you? Is there a website? Or Absolutely. The best place reach? is to go to our website. It's very simple. It's just voteacosta.com, V-O-T-E-A-C-O-S-T-A. We've got all our positions up there. We have um, other interviews so they can hear more about what we have to say and what I think. And that's the best place. They can email us if they've got questions. They can follow us on social media through links on the website. That's the one-stop shop for everything that has to do with our campaign. And I'd be honored if you'd give you know just five minutes of your day to go take a look at what we're about.
Christian, I want to thank you for being on our show, uh, Hispanics Lead Right. As you know, it's a presentation of the Republican National Hispanic Assembly of Florida. It's been a great conversation with you today. And um, Well, thank you, Santiago, thank you so for much. having me. It's a great honor, and it's very helpful for me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Well, folks, thank you for staying, uh, staying tuned with our show. I hope everybody continues to stay safe and uh, hope everybody continues to enjoy their time with their family. Have a good day, and thank you for listening to Hispanics Lead Right.